This is The Black Box from Spotlight Studio. Spotlight is an all-ages drama education and outreach program in St. Clair County, created by SEPA Management. It's sponsored by Hargrave Communications, with support from Trussell, Thunderbird, Ray, Bell, and Ferguson, and Good Game Company. This episode is called Know Your Worth. It was written and directed by Bree Epperson, a student at Pell City High School. The actors are other Pell City students, as well as choral and drama teacher Kylie Bergren. This is a special episode for us. It's the winner of the Black Box script writing contest for Pell City High in 2020. Keep listening and you'll see why. It's a beautifully poignant piece that is sure to move you, but parents should be warned. The subject matter is very strong and might not be suitable for young children as it deals with death. It contains no strong language, only strong emotions. Listen to it first before you share it with them. When you die, you wait in purgatory to be judged by the four people most impacted by your actions. The person you were the most cruel to, who you were kindest to, whose life you saved, and the person who died because of your choices in life. In a room blacker than night, with nothing to be seen for miles, no stars or light, he floated. It was a shattered gap between life and death. He was everywhere and nowhere all at once. A lonely, miserable afterlife. And he deserved nothing more. It stayed that way for hours, or maybe it was seconds, or maybe even years. Time was not the same after you died. He did not age or move. He didn't even feel the universe move around him, and yet, he knew it felt like an eternity had passed before the angel appeared. She was a stark contrast to the endless void around them, brighter than the sun, yet cast light on nothing, as if her light had been sucked up by the abyss. Suddenly, the void began to change, and he was no longer floating. He was on a circular stone covered in symbols, and instead of feeling weightless and meaningless... He now had a sense of weight and being. The angel opened her arms and spoke to him, not in words, but directly to his mind. Michael Birch Smith, you are now ready for judgment. (laughs) Of course the afterlife is something like religions predicted. Who's my judge then? Saint Peter? The Grim Reaper? Or is it more like what the Greeks thought, and Minos is going to judge my actions? It doesn't matter. I'm sure my life probably left a sour taste in God's mouth anyway. No, nothing like that. The people from your life will be judging you. Your first judge. The one you were cruelest to in life. Michael cocked his head. This is nothing like what religion said the afterlife would be. Where were the pearly gates? Shouldn't St. Peter or some other otherworldly being decide where he was going? How was someone from his own life qualified to decide his fate? No, no. Just send me to hell. I know the life I lived, and if the people I knew will judge me, then that's where I'm going anyway. The angel lifted her hand to silence him, and Michael tried to slam his eyes shut, like slamming a door to avoid a conversation you don't want to have. 
but instead of a conversation, he was trying to avoid seeing whoever he was cruelest to in his whole life. But his eyes wouldn't shut. The angel had not moved a muscle, and yet Michael knew she was the cause of it. The void seemed to open up and suddenly flooded with light and another stone appeared in front of the first, and then the light dimmed. It was her. Michael knew it would be, but it didn't make it any easier to face. Oh, Michael, you're so young. I missed you, but I never wanted to see you here so soon. Michael couldn't meet her eyes as he searched for words as his lip trembled. He was speechless, but then again, what are you supposed to say when your dead mother starts talking to you? Look at me, Michael. Michael looks up and sees how miserable she looks, her hair gone and her skin pale and thin, her eyes sad and tired. No matter how badly he wanted to, he couldn't look away. When you were a boy, not much older than 14, you burned all of my photo albums, not just the ones with your father in them, but of us. Us at the beach, the mountains, and other family trips and gatherings. Every memory I ever had, you burned away. They were gone forever. Those last moments I had of him before he became a cruel, selfish man. Back when we were carefree and happy. Gone in a blaze of smoke. I cried every day for weeks when you weren't at home. Those photographs were my joy. My mementos of life. When it was simple and fun you burned them down to ash. There was nothing Michael wanted more than to shut his eyes, but he couldn't. He was forced to watch the sadness in her eyes as she spoke. That was your most cruel action. It hurt me more than when your father left us. He had always been unkind, but for you, the light of my life, to torch away our memories like that, it broke me. Before he could muster the courage to apologize, she slipped away into a curtain of light. Michael felt sick. More sick than he ever felt when he was alive. But he knew there would be no relief. People don't vomit in the afterlife. And the angel offered him no sympathy. Your next judge, the person you were kindest to. Once more, a flash of light filled the room, and once more, someone approached. I bet you didn't expect to see me again, did you? Her smile was wide and her eyes filled with life. Her skin was no longer thin and frail. She was bright, and her hair flowed in brown waves down her back. This was her before everything happened, when she was happy. But, but how? You just said I caused you pain. You're the person I was the most cruel to. Oh, silly boy. The mind plays tricks on us sometimes. You probably thought that because you caused me great pain in life that there was no way you could have brought me great joy. Life is not black and white. It is so much more than that. You were harsh, even cruel at times, but it wasn't always that way. Your pain changed you. And even then, you weren't a truly cruel person, just one that lashed out every once in a while because you didn't understand how to handle things. Life can be very harsh and confusing, but this is my favorite story. 
When you were eight, you wrote me a poem for my birthday, and I'll never forget the words on that card. To my mommy, my bestest friend, I love you more than gummy worms and race cars, and you make me happier than when I get ice cream and cupcakes. Happy birthday to the bestest mom in the world. <laughs> you wrote on that card, decorated with smiley faces and glitter hearts. You didn't know it, but that was right when I had been diagnosed, and your father started to show signs of his poor character as a man. Then on top of it, you cooked me dinner, and it was so bad, but I still ate every bite, and it was the best meal I've ever had. Never in my entire life have I felt as happy as I did in that moment. You were such a caring boy. Until everything went wrong. I barely remember that. Did I really do something that made you so happy? Why don't I remember that? when I remember so many other terrible things so clearly. She didn't answer. She just smiled sadly and disappeared into the void as Michael searched his soul, digging for answers but coming up empty. The angel, kind as she was, did not give him a minute to understand everything. Your next judge, the one whose life you saved. The one whose life I saved? I never saved a life. I've only done things far from it. This has to be standard practice. No one's going to walk through this time. The angel looked at him and gave a small smile. You'd be surprised. Just like clockwork, she was back again, her smile brighter than the halo resting above her head. No, I killed you. This makes no sense. I didn't save you. Is this some kind of sick joke? Do angels play pranks on people? Michael was becoming hysterical, tears he'd been holding back finally spilling over in sadness, confusion, and rage. The angel looked at him with sadness in her eyes, but knew that this is what Michael needed. So she did nothing but watch as all of these emotions came forward. She knew if he was unable to handle this one, the next judge would completely destroy him. Oh, sweetie, it was mercy. Besides, the sickness had already claimed me. You ended my suffering and allowed me to go in a calm, painless way. Letting me go in peace in no way makes it your fault. Have you been blaming yourself this whole time? Honey, it was my time to go. There was so much pain and suffering that haunted me. My sickness was in no way your fault. The fact that you put your life on hold and all other things aside to stay with me so I wouldn't be alone, that meant more to me than the whole world. You did the bravest thing a boy could ever do for his mother. You saved me. Michael was stunned. For years, he had blamed himself for everything his mother went through. And finally, he found it in himself to speak. Mom, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Michael looks at his mother and runs into her arms as she holds him as he sobs. I love you so much. I wish I was a better son. You were always so kind and loving, and you deserved a son and a husband who loved you with everything they had. I love you so much. I just wasn't the best at showing it. Shh, baby, it's all right. You were a scared, broken boy, and you loved me so much. Even back then, I knew what you did wasn't out of hate. It was anger, confusion, sadness, and fear. Shh, now darling, your hurt is almost over. 
I'll be waiting for you. For the last time, she disappeared, leaving Michael feeling sad yet relieved to finally have closure and reassurance from his mother. The angel looked at him, then her eyes filled with worry and sadness for what she knew was to come. And now your final judge, the one whose life you took. Michael's nails dug into his palms. He breathed deeply to calm himself and keep himself together in front of the angel. Although you probably can't hide things from godly beings. When the room filled with light again, it was not his mother standing there like it had been the previous three times. No. It was someone much more familiar. Yet somehow, more terrifying. Me. He fought hard to look away. Harder than he fought before, but he couldn't. There was no power left in him. So he just stood there, sobbing, at his own reflection. This must be pretty hard for you. Michael tried to speak, but only a sob escaped his lips. You need to confront it, Michael. Just like you did with your mother. Take your time. We have forever. Michael let out one last shaky breath. My dad left soon after my mom was diagnosed with leukemia, and I blamed myself for both. If I were a better son, my dad would still want to be around and my mom wouldn't be sick. That's what he told me anyway. That I was so awful because my mom got sick and for him to leave. I started acting out, destroying things. I fell into a loop of sex, drugs, and alcohol. I'm pretty sure I kept most of the bars in business. I felt so alone, but everyone who wanted to get close to me, I pushed away. Because if I wasn't even enough for my own father, how could I be enough for anyone else? <laughs> After my mom got really sick and I pulled the plug, I fell deeper into my depression. She was the only person who was always there for me, no matter what. And I killed her. He stops for a moment and looks at his reflection. I was 25 when I did it. And I didn't make it quick and painless. I felt like I deserved to suffer. I was a shell of a man. No family, no lover, no friends, nothing. Just a rundown apartment and an alcohol addiction. I felt like ending my life quickly wouldn't be right for me. I wanted to suffer. I deserved to suffer. The angel looks at him and speaks aloud, her voice like wind chimes, and it automatically sends a wave of calm over Michael. You've always been too hard on yourself. You know that. Isn't it time you got a little peace too? I don't deserve it. Everyone does. The world is a complicated and terrifying place and everyone faces their own pain and demons. Your life was consumed and overrun by yours, a more than equal penance for your mistakes. Now, Michael, think of your mother and the smile she still wears. You hurt her, yes, but she still loved you unconditionally. Your father left because she was sick, and he was too cruel and selfish to handle it. Not because you weren't worth it. He was the problem. Your mother loved and still loves you, and you're not to blame for what she suffered, and you aren't a bad man for the pain you caused her. You're a human, you fail and succeed, you fall and rise again, you make mistakes and that's how you know you're alive. You did not have to take your own life to be worth something. 
Jesus sacrificed himself so you would never have to. You are worth so much more than what other people say and how they make you feel. I wish I could have shown you that earlier. You deserve love too. But enough of that. You've spent too long convincing yourself that you don't deserve to be happy. It's time to rest now, Michael. Be at peace. Michael lets go of the angel's hand, finally feeling whole and content. The room fills with light and a door opens. His mother smiles and reaches out her hand. Michael takes it and steps through the door. My name is Brianna Epperson. I am a senior at Pell City High School. I am the writer and director of this, and I also play the narrator. Hi, my name is Keandre Swift. I'm a senior at Pell City High School, and I play Michael Smith. I'm Zoe Kay, and I'm a junior at Pell City High School, and I play the part of the angel. Hi, I'm Kylie Berggren, and I am the choir and theater teacher at Pell City High School, and I play the mother in this story. One of your students wrote an incredibly complex and deep piece that deals with some very intense subjects. Uh, as a as a teacher and as a proponent of arts, how do you feel about that? Oh, I'm so proud. Um, when I read the script the first time, I cried, and I think that was Bree's intention just to <laughs> to bring people to make people feel something, and that's what art does: is it makes people feel something, and it it says something about the world around us. And I think this gives me a little bit of a glimpse of of Bree's mind and that's such a privilege. So, I mean, it's been great to watch her create this script and then carry it out in this process. So just proud, very proud of her. And Zoe, you, um, what did you feel? Well, when Bree asked me to be the part of the angel, I read it and I was like, Oh, this kind of is like me because I just saw parts that I would do. I don't know if someone came up to me and was like, telling me what they did wrong, I automatically am like, oh, don't feel that way because you know you shouldn't feel that way. You deserve to be happy like everyone else. So I just connect with it. Bree, what did you want people to feel when they read this? My main goal is I wanted to shock people when Michael saw his reflection instead of his mother. That was the main thing that I was building up to, that I wanted them to really be shocked and surprised when you find out that the reason Michael's there is because he took his own life. And I didn't elaborate on that a lot. I made it very small. You don't even, you don't know how he died or you don't even know how his mother died until like towards the very end. So I left it up for interpretation until the very end. Well, my character had a very rough life. He, um, his mother got cancer um, when he was I think fairly young and his dad kind of took it out on him, which sent him into a spiral of depression after she died. Um, he turned down the wrong paths. And so he ended up taking his own life. The story is about him facing his demons in the afterlife. When I first got this assignment from Ms. Berggren, I expanded on Michael in my head before I put it on paper. And so as you can see through the script, Michael 
had a ton of regrets and felt like he didn't deserve anything. I mean, he said he pushed everybody away because he felt he didn't deserve love. And that is something that weighs heavy on people. And based on self-worth, I think if you think you don't deserve love from other people, you think you don't deserve it yourself from yourself. And so he did it in a way that reflected on the fact that he didn't think he deserved anything good. I mean, I feel this with my own students too. Every time that they mess up even, or if they do something wrong, it doesn't stop me from loving my students or wanting to be a good teacher for them. It just makes me want to make sure that they're okay and, you know, that they're living to see another day and everything is okay. Just meet those basic needs first before we get into all the school stuff. So mistakes aren't as big of a deal to me, honestly. Um, But I kind of see that a little bit in the character of the mother, kind of not necessarily caring why he's there, but caring about him and making sure that he's okay. You wrote a good bit of religion into this, and you do reference Jesus in here, Mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily follow the teachings of the Bible and the specifics that occur in there. It is your own interpretation, it seems, as to what might entail purgatory or the afterlife. Can you talk a little bit about that? I added the angel and Jesus because I personally am a Christian, and I love the line, Jesus sacrificed himself so you would never have to, because it gives you hope and comfort in life, knowing that there's something, but expanding on knowing that there's something, no one knows exactly what happens when you die. I always question different religions because there are so many and you don't know which one is entirely right or if one is entirely right. So I put all of those into this and little aspects of each and every one of them into this. So It wasn't like only a Christian could read this, only an atheist could read this. Everyone could read it and take away bits that they wanted to. Because the idea is still that you judge yourself at the end of your Mm -hmm. life. That's still the thought process. The angel is there to kind of guide you, but you are your own judge. I am hoping to expand on this story, not necessarily Michael's, but with this same concept. I'm hoping to write more about that. Good. We look forward to it. Special thanks to editors Ashley Arrington and Macy Johnsey. All music is original and used by permission. Spotlight and SEPA are powered by Hargrey in 2020. Check them out for your TV, internet, phone, and wall-to-wall Wi-Fi needs. We are also supported by Trussell, Thunderbird, Raybell, and Ferguson, and Good Game Company. For more, visit us at bellcitysepa.com. Thank you.